is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Stand fast in the Spirit. Stand fast in the Spirit. When something comes up in the church and someone, we need a volunteer to do something, you should stand fast with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Move down, if you will, to verse 21. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject today, preaching a few minutes, striving together for the faith. Striving together for the faith. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, as we attempt to try to spread your word today, Lord, I ask for the anointing of your spirit to rest upon me. Lord, if I say things, Lord, those words will fall to the ground. But if your anointing be upon it, Lord, I know that you will take these words to the hearts of your people, that your people will be edified and drawn closer to you. So, Lord, I ask today for your anointing, and I ask, Lord, that your anointing rest upon the people, that they may hear and receive of your word and be drawn closer to you. And, Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done, Lord, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Paul, on his second missionary journey, went around to the churches that he established on his first missionary journey, checked on them, and immediately after that, he set out to expand his outreach ministry. 
And in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, we read where God dealt with Paul in a vision. And in that vision, Paul saw a man of Macedonia who said, Come over and help us. And Paul and Silas and Dr. Luke got on a ship immediately and set a course for Europe. They landed in Neapolis, and Paul made his way to the chief city of Macedonia and dwelt there for several days. And the first convert on European soil was a woman by the name of Lydia. He witnessed to this young lady, and she gave her heart to the Lord as well as her family sometime later. And she invited Paul, Silas, and Dr. Luke to stay there at her house, and more than likely this house became the meeting place for a church. A short time later, Paul would cast a demon spirit out of a young lady, and this young lady got saved. And when she got saved and that demon spirit was cast out, it cost some very wealthy businessmen some money. And they got upset, stirred up a riot, and had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into prison. And Paul and Silas at midnight began to sing praises unto God. And God couldn't stand all of that praise and all of that worship going on in the time of their trial. And God moved that night with a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken and the doors flew open wide and the chains and the shackles fell off. Glory to God. Let me tell you something today. If you're going through a trial, I don't care who you are or what the situation is. If you're going through a trial today, start praising God. Start worshiping God. And those chains and those shackles of depression that's trying to bind you up and shut you up, those things will fall to the floor. Glory to God. Because when we start praising God, it reciprocates back to us. And that jailer walked in and saw the prison doors open, the chains that fell off. He couldn't believe the prisoners were still there. He was so taken aback by it. He was so shocked by what he saw. He said, Paul, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy household. And that man got saved that night. And I want you to get this picture, if you will. A church was formed by these eight to ten individuals. This businesswoman and her family. This demon-possessed girl that got saved. And this man who worked for the Roman government and his family. Eight to ten people, if that, came together and formed a church there in the city of Philippi. Paul went on to other endeavors. But this little church... Of eight to ten people, if that, continued 
in the gospel. Continued spreading the gospel. They continued supporting the gospel. And I'm going to say this, and I believe I can say it without any fear of contradiction. That if it wasn't for Paul, in this little church, there would be no United States of America today. Because when the gospel went west and went into Europe, it changed Western civilization. We are what we are today because of that which took place some 2,000 years ago. This small group of people, eight to ten people, had you rode by on Sunday morning. There weren't many cars in the parking lot. They did not have stained glass windows. They did not have a steeple. It didn't look like much, but God blessed them. And God moved upon those people because they stood fast in one spirit, striving together in the faith. Of the gospel. I don't think we realize just how important this little church was to the work of God. This little church, 2,000 years ago, is the reason why you and I are here today. Are you hearing me, church? If it wasn't for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you sitting here today, some of you are going to church right now in your car. If it wasn't for the gospel, you wouldn't be going to church. But you'd have your head in a toilet with your head feeling like a bucket because of the night before. You've drunk so much alcohol you could float a boat in it. But Jesus Christ somehow came through that darkness and moved upon your heart. And you put faith in the gospel and He changed your life some of you if it wasn't for the gospel of Jesus Christ you'd be buried in one of these cemeteries out here with moss growing over your tombstone thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ and those who have carried that banner from then until now and thank God for those who support it the work of God the single most important work on the face of this planet today is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. I said the single most important work in the mind of God today is the carrying forth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, feeding the hungry is important. Giving money to the hurricane relief efforts, that is important. But those things are temporary. But the gospel has eternal consequences. Every second that goes by, 7.5 million people are on the face of the planet right now and only 2 billion claim some form of Christianity. 
Most of those people that die every second die lost. There are eternal consequences to the gospel. Paul said this in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Dana, if you will, pull it up. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except He be sent? I read this one Wednesday night, been several weeks ago. I don't know who the author is, but this is a powerful statement that's made here. God's program must not be changed. God has chosen the manner of preaching to proclaim His Word. Of course, that can be done in several ways, such as gospel literature or even gospel music, etc. But however it is proclaimed, it must be the true Word of God. There is absolutely nothing in the world more powerful than a Holy Spirit-anointed preacher of the Gospel. Someone who's truly been called of God, walks close to God, and is anointed by the Holy Spirit. They have something to say, and they say it in a powerful way. It's not oratorical capabilities or even educational or intellectual knowledge. It's one who has heard from heaven. They have been given a message by the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to deliver that message. There is nothing in the world more powerful than that. It is that means chosen by the Lord to take His word to a hurting world. When men attempt to substitute political means and ways in place of the preaching of the gospel, such is not the will of God. As well, whenever a church ceases to be strong in its preaching, that church has begun to die. The strength of the pew is according to the strength of the pulpit. Nothing will ever take the place of preaching and teaching the Word of God as nothing can take the place of preaching and teaching the Word. If one were to look back in history, one would find that events turned not so much on military conflict or even revolution, but rather on the preaching of the gospel. For example, England was headed the same way as France regarding revolution, which would have totally destroyed that nation had it not been for the preaching of John Wesley. His messages anointed by God stirred the nation and pulled it to the place that it should be in a political sense, as well as other ways. While many other things may be given the credit if the truth be known, it was the preaching of John and Charles Wesley which turned the tide. Had it not for the preaching ministry of Charles Finney, there may not even be a United States as it is presently. In thundering tones, he whipped New England toward God, which greatly decided the course of this nation. As well, 
it must be quickly added that if one will carefully study the messages of Wesley and Finney and hundreds of others like them, one will find that they did not preach a political message, but rather the pure and plain gospel of Jesus Christ. Man's problem is not political or economical or social, but rather spiritual. In other words, a black, evil, wicked heart is man's problem. The only solution to that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which alone can change men's hearts. That is your answer and your only answer. For the church to spend all of its energies trying to elect particular individuals to public office, thinking somehow to change the course and direction by that means is futile indeed. Even though those things certainly hold some significance, still that is not God's way respecting the church. The business of the church is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and that alone. Now, I'm going to add this to that. The preacher of the gospel is important. But the ones who send the preacher are just as equally important. Paul said, Romans 10, verse 15, How shall they preach except they be sent? God calls the preacher, anoints him. But he also calls those of you who sit in the pew to support that preacher. It's a group effort. Paul said there, and I read it to you just a moment ago, Philippians 1 verse 27, Stand fast in the Spirit. Stand fast in the Spirit. When something comes up in the church, and someone, we need a volunteer to do something, you should stand fast. With one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Right now as this program goes out. Go Mix Christian Radio, WAGO Network. They're having their share Been having it all week. Asking for the funds to continue the furtherance of the gospel. And those of you who have sent in money to support that work, thank God for that. But there's still some of you right now, God's dealt with your heart. You know what you're supposed to do, but you ain't done it yet. Let me go another step further. There are some of you listening to me right now. You tune in every week. And God has moved upon your heart to send finances for the furtherance of the gospel. And you have not obeyed. Let me tell you something today. If I do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, woe be unto me. And for those of you who God has called to support it, if you do not support it with your finances, your time, and your prayer life, woe be unto you. We have a tremendous responsibility. And Satan fights this right here harder than he does anything else. 
He fights the preacher harder than he does anyone else. Tries to get their attention off of what God has called them to do. He'll use hobbies, sports, temptation, a hundred and one other different things, anything to divert the preacher from what he's called to do. And if that doesn't work, he tries to discourage the preacher. Makes you think, sir, that your ministry is not effective. You might as well just throw up your hands and quit. The people ain't supporting it. Satan will attack the finances of the preacher. Make you think, sir, that you need to get another job somewhere so you can support your family. And this is extremely hard when you have a vocation. I didn't say a vacation, I said a vocation, a trade in which you've been trained in it and you know that you can make money to support your family. But God has called you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're faced with that temptation as Satan throws that in front of you constantly. If that doesn't work, sir, he'll try to attack your health or attack the health of a family member or something to keep you worried about something all the time to keep you distracted from what God has called you to do. And when all of that fails, the devil then begins to set his attention upon those who sinned the preacher. Satan will do everything he can to get you discouraged. To get you to doubt and the preacher, oh, well, the preacher don't know what he's doing. He'll get you to try to put your money towards something else. He'll attack your finances. He'll attack your health. Think that you need to stop putting money toward the church and putting it towards something else. God help us in just a few months. It's going to be Christmas time. Let me tell you something. If you put more money under that Christmas tree than you do in the offering plate in a year's time, you need to repent. Satan. He attacks the pew. He attacks those of you who sinned the preacher. It is a group effort. And we must be about the Father's business. We have but a short time before Jesus returns. God help us. I've said a lot of stuff I didn't come here to say today. By far, this right here is Satan's greatest attack on the pew his attack on those of you who sin the preacher he gets you to gossiping about the preacher I pulled up at the gas station the other day standing there gassing up the truck man pulled right up and said preacher Pierce how you doing I said I'm doing fine I heard you in a car wreck and tore your car all to pieces are you alright I said, yeah, I'm glad you told me. It's the first I've heard about that. <laughs> people gossiping. People running the mouth about the preacher. Preachers get eat more at lunchtime on Sunday than anything else. 
God helped the chickens, but God helped the preachers too. Oh, the preacher was too hard today. Oh, the preacher, he was just too loud today. I wish the preacher would just calm down. Honey, you can sit here and talk about ball games and sports and hunting and fishing, and that has no effect on me none whatsoever. But when you start talking about this book that I hold in my hands, something wells up on the inside of me. Glory to God, and I can't help it, but it's got to come out. Jeremiah said it's like a fire that's in my bones, and I can't quit. God, help all of us to come together in one spirit, in one mind, striving together for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've run out of time. I ain't even got to my passage yet. Tune in next week, we'll finish it. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.